Hello and welcome back to Tit Talk, the podcast where we don't really talk about tits, but we could if we wanted to, and that's the whole point. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. But um, hi, welcome. It's been a minute, but we know it's always, it's you know, <laughs> it's whatever. I post when I post, and then you listen if you listen, and that's the sort of deal we got going on. Which I'm very thankful for. Um, so my last semester of my bachelor degree has started. So now I'm dealing with a lot of uh, classes and a lot of reading. Luckily, it's very exciting. I'm having this full semester only doing gender studies, and it's just very interesting. And I'm learning a lot of new things, and I'm also learning a lot about things I already know but in a different way and with obviously <laughs> like a higher level of of academia I guess I don't know but yeah it's very exciting um but the reason why I wanted to make an episode now is because I have been talking to a dear friend of mine for a little bit um about some stuff going on and I came across in relation to that conversation I came across this sort of um, thing that I think a lot of people perhaps listening to can can relate to in ways or in in a way or or maybe you can then better relate to someone you know so what I want to talk about today is um, nothing as you know fun and goofy as Romeo and Juliet but it's actually kind of serious and um but i think it's very interesting and important as well so um i want to talk about how growing up as a queer kid how the future as sort of a concept is greatly linked to grief and i'll try and elaborate on that a little bit but um, but just hear me out. So I'm obviously queer, and I I believe I've known since like actively known probably since I was like fourteen, fifteen. Um, but when I look back at my childhood, there was a lot of signs earlier than that. Um, but that doesn't mean that I was, you know, growing up actively as a queer kid from that age, from the 14, 15, uh, age. And in a lot of ways, I'm not even sure that I today fully live my life as a queer person, um, because of sort of the cards that have been dealt to people who are queer and I just want to say first off if you aren't queer and and you think that what I'm saying (laughs) is untrue or is overdramatic or whatever please just take a deep breath and realize that this isn't about you for a second and 
perhaps sit back and listen to the rest of this episode and maybe you'll learn a, th- a thing or two or maybe you'll think that I'm full of shit at the end of it but that's fine um so obviously growing up being part of any type of minority is difficult in itself and now I will never be able to understand what it means to grow up as anything other than white in terms of skin color in terms of all that comes with being a certain type of skin color and I'll never try and and make assumptions on on that behalf so to speak Um, because I know that even if I have been through a lot of struggles because I've been growing up having the world tell me that what I'm feeling and what I identify as is wrong I still grew up with a whole ton of privilege because I, I grew up with a family who, who had a decent amount of money and who's only gotten more money as I grew up and I also grew up in you know <laughs> a, a small but rich country where we have a lot of great benefits and I also grew up as white there's plenty of privileges that I grew up with and I, I just want to make it clear that I am aware of that and I know that but it wouldn't make sense for me to try and and paint a picture of how it, w- it would be if, if I was part of different minorities than I than the ones that I am a part of if that makes sense and I hope that that's okay and I also hope that that not only listening to this podcast but also taking an active part in in listening to other podcasts by people of color people who are dealing with disabilities or any type of I guess um minority that that I'm not able to speak on behalf of because I'm not part of it and so I can't speak on behalf of them I want you to actively do your research and uh, sort of educate yourself because that's sort of the deal with being a human pe- human being we you know in order to become a better person we need to understand people better and that means every person or not as in like every individual but but the majority of people which also means the the all this sort of subcategories of people anyways i i'm <laughs> i'm sure that you already know all of this i just wanted to sort of make like kind of like a disclaimer but anyways future as a concept is linked to grief when you grow up queer um and the reason for that is i remember being a kid growing up like like seven eight nine years old thinking that my future that was sort of set out for me that i had understood that that was sort of what i had to look forward to was to you know obviously get an education get a job but also to get a boyfriend and then sooner or later that boyfriend would become a fiance and then a husband and I would get 
you know children and a house and all these things like we know the story we know that that's how it's being told and I mean I obviously remember a lot of sort of I didn't understand that that was like a thing that I had to do and I remember in my teenage years I was very skeptical about the whole having a boyfriend thing and or just like in general having a partner I never really connected as to why that was necessary um and I remember um I remember sort of stumbling uh, upon the the term asexual which I've talked about on the podcast before which basically just means you know you have you don't feel any desire to have any sexual relations to anyone um obviously it's a spectrum so people can still be in obviously still be in relationships with people who aren't asexual and they can also still have sex if that's what they want to but as i said it's a spectrum there's people who are asexual who will never want to have sex and there's some who who might want to have sex but only with specific people and so on and so forth but i remember when i first stumbled upon that um that like term I thought hmm, maybe that's what I am because I don't want to talk about sex I don't want to think about sex and I especially don't want to have sex I remember that very like vividly in my brain that that was like a thought process that just went on and on and on in my teenage years and like growing up um all the way until maybe like two years ago and I'm still honestly unsure whether or not um, I am on the asexual spectrum because it's also very confusing when you grow up thinking that you are attracted to the opposite gender in that case being the male gender because I was given the female gender when I was born but now identifying as (laughs) non-binary it's even more confusing um because i also identify as gay but i guess not in the same way that you would think of gay um anyways i'm kind of going off topic um i just think it's important to sort of have all the (laughs) the smaller um conversations in it But regardless of whether or not I'm asexual or whatever, grief is still linked to the concept of a future when you grow up as queer because the future that you've been sold your entire life, that that's the future you're gonna get, that's what you have to look forward to, and then figuring out that you're queer and living in the world that we live in I understand that it's getting better, but it's not getting better everywhere. Um, But then figuring out that you're queer, that sort of vision of a future is taken away from you. And that then accumulates to grieving. But I don't think that a lot of queer people ever grieve over the future that was robbed from them. 
Because the thing is, if we live sort of in a perfect world, in, I guess, in my opinion, a perfect world where, where everyone could, would grow up and be, and be told that regardless of what type of emotions you have towards whatever gender, that's okay, or lack of emotions, and, and you, you will still have the same opportunities to have a wonderful, content, happy future. But we don't live in a world where that's told to people who are gay, or people who are trans, or people who are asexual, or non-binary, or whatever. Anything within the LGBTQIA plus community, you aren't, that's not the vision, that's not the future you're being told when you were, you know, talking to your parents growing up about what life entails, what it means. And I think in a lot of ways, we owe it to ourselves as queer people to allow that grieving process to finally happen because I think we all know that suppressing emotions never turn out great they always end up being they they either become a different emotion that's even harder to suppress and then you explode or they become so unbearable that you numb yourself in whatever capacity that may be and i think allowing yourself to grieve over the the future the happy future that you were promised when you were a kid i think grieving over that and allowing yourself to be sad and upset and angry about that not being the case for you is very important because then once you're done dealing with that grief and that sort of neglect you come on you come over to the other side and you realize that the future that awaits you is even greater than what you've been told because the future that awaits you is your future and it's the one you choose and i know now i'm making it seem like Oh, you just choose to have a good future and that's how it works. I know that's not how it works. But what I mean is, regardless of whatever anyone's ever told you, you're allowed to love who you love. And you're allowed to want to have sex or not want to have sex. Or allowed to sometimes want to have sex and sometimes not. And you're allowed to not be able to love in a romantic way, if that's the thing. And you're allowed to be over romantic as well. And you're allowed to be whoever the fuck you want to be. And express yourself the, whatever you, like however you want to. And your future doesn't have to be the future that you were promised as a kid. Because that future was promised to a person who was cisgendered and straight. And let's be real, you aren't that. Maybe you're cis, but maybe you're not straight. Or maybe you're straight, but you're not cis. 
and and all these things you know and you don't want the future that was promised to you you want something more than that you want something better than that because you're a queer kid you're a queer person you're a queer adult and you deserve to live a wonderful queer life in whatever way that is most comfortable to you and i guess that's i also want to talk about how when when you grow up as queer you also have a tendency statistically there's a tendency you see that there's a tendency within the queer community that people in terms of of following along with their peers with relationships or having sex or kissing people or uh getting married or all these things that sort of the straight world has has talked about being the one thing the true love or whatever us queer people we we kind of we're we're way far behind on that and it's very common that sort of the average age of having your first kiss or having your first partner or having your first whatever is is years after what is statistically the average within the straight community and that is okay in the sense that you don't have to feel like you're missing out just because it hasn't happened yet it's not okay in the sense that it would be the same fucking average if we lived in a world where people would accept and embrace queer people in the same way that they accept and embrace straight people. But again, we can't live in my perfect little world, unfortunately. I'm as upset about it as you are. <laughs> um, no, but... But yeah, don't don't worry about not having sort of achieved or having had all those sort of small uh, relationships or hookups or whatever that you know that a lot of your friends have had when they were growing up in their teens and in their 20s it's okay if that hasn't happened yet and it's also okay okay if you don't feel comfortable or ready for that yet or if you will never feel comfortable or ready for that because the thing is you don't have to do what the majority does and we've been told throughout our entire lives that that's exactly what we need to do we need to just follow in line as if we're all just a bunch of fish swimming in the same line and it's boring live your extra queer life you know and and try and find pride in that because there is so much to be proud of and i don't know if this is even helpful or if it even makes sense but it just i guess it makes sense to talk about it right now for me as well because because the future seems sort of gray and bleak for me um, for a number of reasons and it has for a long time and I will say that that not only growing up queer and and now and and being non-binary but then also 
being 24 and being diagnosed with ADHD, like now being told all these years later that I'm ne neurodivergent, is like the whole future that I've set up for myself is just fucking out the window. And now I have to deal with that. And it's sort of taken a toll on me. And, um, and I'm trying my best to allow it to express itself in the way that it feels best. And hopefully it will pass sooner rather than later. But I am confident in that it will pass. Um, I think one of the, one of the great things about life throwing you a curveball is that you get to start from a completely new perspective and sometimes that can be very terrifying, but it can also be very exhilarating because then you kind of start from scratch in a way and you can sort of pick whatever you find is valuable to you at this stage in life and you can weed out whatever you don't find valuable like uh last month i i i i was weeding out <laughs> uh a friendship of mine that i've had since the sixth grade because the person turned out to be a homophobe and <laughs> I obviously don't tolerate that and it was it was a scary thing and I don't want to get into it but um, that was sort of a step for me now that the life because the curveball for me was getting the ADHD diagnosis um, for sure and I'm still not like Annoyingly as it is, I'm still not 100% convinced that it's real because I've been told, I've been gaslighted all my life and been told that it's me that's the issue and it's me that's lazy and overdramatic and overreactive and oversensitive. But I know that I owe it to myself, to my neurodivergent self to my queer self to let the grieving process happen um, obviously not dwell in it but let it happen get the good cries out talk about it make some art about it go to the gym and punch a, a bag about it <laughs> I don't know um, because it will pass but as as it goes with every emotion out there the less restraint you you have towards the emotion the faster that emotion will pass you and the better it will feel bottling up emotions is never a good thing and i'm not saying this and pretending that I don't do it as well because I do but I obviously can't be perfect and no one can and no one should um, but emotions are 
Emotions are a lot and sometimes we want to not deal with them and that's okay too. But we can't always not deal with them because it will bite us in the end. And that kind of reminds me of another conversation I had with my with with one of my friends um, where we were talking about emotions in general and talking about how I had gotten this sort of um, I don't know how you call that like a sort of like a table of of well it was like a emotion compass I guess that showed all the different emotions and um, and it was it was saying how with every emotion there is a need for something else to counteract that emotion if that makes sense um, I need to quickly Google translate something because we have a great word in Danish that I want to use but obviously can't because I <laughs> I s- I'm speaking in English right now um, well translate just say need or requirement whatever um, but basically it's like grief is one of um, the emotions on on that um compass sorry now i'm zoning out because i really want to find the paper i have of the compass so i remember this correctly so i'm just gonna stop the recording (laughs) you're not gonna you're not gonna wait i'll just you know but i'll stop the recording for myself and i'll find the paper and i'll be right back (laughs) okay i'm back so sorry that that took so long (laughs) uh no i have the the paper with me now so as I said what I learned in therapy was how with emotions it's all because we have a need for something else to sort of counteract what we're feeling and at least for the most part Um, and if we just go around the compass we have joy which is kind of like a feeling of I'd like more of that please so the need here is that I want more of the joy which makes sense you know because why wouldn't you feel want to feel more joy and then there's curiosity which is also a feeling or an emotion um, which is obviously an expression of interest and learning new things So in this case, the need here is the need to uh, learn more about whatever has gotten your curiosity triggered. And then we have anger. Um, And I'm just going to Google Translate. Because we have (laughs) another great word that I don't know how to say. Oh no, how do you even pronounce that? Okay, so... The Google Translate lady says that whenever you're feeling angry, it is an expression of injustice or impotence, is the word that is telling me. But yeah, injustice. So usually, if you are angry, 
and I'm sure you can take all this and you can pinpoint to times in your life where you felt a specific emotion in, in an intense way. And when you're angry, it is an expression of injustice or impotence because something happened that doesn't sit right with you. That you find sort of, I don't know. Does it make sense? I'm very, I'm very bad at, at explaining it. But I also feel like I don't want to over explain it because I just want you to take this emotion compass and run with it and <laughs> use it for yourself. So anger is an expression of injustice or impotence. And then, oh boy, I really should have, this is the thing, I don't write like a script of what to say in these episodes and now i'm just googling using translate in the middle of the podcast so i'm sorry about that next emotion is disgust and that's obviously an expression of something we don't like which is kind of i feel like i can kind of somehow like compare it or put it parallel to joy because joy is something you have a need for more of that disgust you obviously have a need for less of that if that makes sense and then you have grieve grief grieving and now this when you hear it it makes sense and maybe it's not as show-stopping as i make it out to be but whenever i read it it like hits me in my heart so whenever you're grieving or you feel grief. It is an expression of a need for care. And let that sink in. Whenever we are grieving, whenever we are sad, we we it is an expression that we need to be taken care of. And that is that is insane because I am a person who has grown up needing to deal with a lot of emotions on my own and therefore whenever I feel sad I want to deal with it on my own I want to I want to take care of myself I don't want others to take care of me I don't feel comfortable with that because I wasn't accustomed to that when I was a kid in a lot of ways But it's so true when you think about it. Because when you were, let's say when you were growing up and you were like five or six years old. And whenever you got sad, the first thing that our little (laughs) kid brain wants to do is go hug mom or hug dad or hug anyone that we, you know, you love. Because that is an act of care. And we need that at that moment because we're sad. And I think it's a very important thing to sometimes remind yourself of. And I'm going to need to remind myself of it as well. Because <laughs> it's it's another point of like this ho- sort of like hyper um, independence. It's just a trauma response. 
the whole mentality of needing to deal with things alone and like i'm gonna deal with it alone i'm gonna do it on my own that is a trauma response because we're not supposed to do things on our own we need people you know um yeah anyways let's move on then there's surprise um which is an emotion uh which is something that moves our attention quickly so basically when whenever we are feeling surprised our need here is to uh use is to pay attention in a in a rapid speed basically it's kind of it's kind of a weird emotion to talk about because you don't really think about like surprise as an emotion, but it's like if something I feel like it can also be something that like you're you're hyped up and something is happening and you're not like you didn't know that that was gonna be happening, then your attention is moving quickly, so. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways. Um, let's move on to the second last emotion. Uh, which is fear. Or as we probably more commonly known it as. Anxiety. And now it is fear that's the actual emotion. Anxiety is sort of... A, a, a sort of a... <laughs> A different uh, type of fear that has developed and overtaken a lot more of your nervous system than it needs to. And anyone with anxiety knows exactly what I'm talking about. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, fear is an expression for the need of security and comfort. And that obviously makes a lot of sense as well. Because let's, let's take it back to you being five or six years old and you get scared of something. You're going to go run to your mom or dad or whoever, you know, is in your family uh, or whoever is taking care of you. And you're going to need to be comforted by them. And you're going to need to feel that they are there with you as a sense of, of security. That they have you. You're safe. And that's another, I think that's a very important thing to think about in terms of uh, thinking about anxiety. Because anxiety is a fear. It's just, it's, <laughs> anxiety is, is your nervous system working way too much. <laughs> way too much. On occasions, it doesn't need to. Because you have been through trauma that's caused your nervous system to be out of whack. And so, whenever you have the chance and the energy to sort of, and the awareness to realize that, oh, I'm anxious, that must be because there's something that is making me scared or making me feel insecure about something. And I need to find a way to feel comforted and secure. And then try and find ways that, that, that you can feel that security and you can feel that comfort. Because I can assure you that that will help 
in in coping and dealing with your anxiety obviously it's not gonna be like a fix it and then it's gone kind of thing but it can be a, a great help and then our last emotion is trust which helps us you know connect to other people and I'm honestly kind of unsure what the need would be for trust I guess it would be the need to um, just connect really but yeah that is the emotion compass that I got when I was in anxiety group sessions uh, or like anxiety group therapy um, and now I'm kind of unsure on where to go from here because I talked a little bit about grief being linked to the future when you grow up as a queer and I think that that makes sense I know it makes sense for me and then we talked a little bit about all the emotions and the needs that those emotions uh, have and I guess maybe this can just be that and you can hopefully take some of this with you into your own life and and think about think about how to deal with your emotions next time the next time that they come up and furthermore I want this to also be sort of a a a virtual hug to anyone growing up as queer and anyone who is queer now and you know have have been grown <laughs> um, and who are struggling with thinking about the future because you might feel like you're behind on things because maybe you're in your late 20s and you still haven't had a relationship or maybe you're in your 30s and you still haven't settled down with someone or maybe you're in your 40s and you've never you know been in love or I don't now this was all very centered around romance there's a million other things that <laughs> that you go through and have to deal with in terms of grieving when you grow up as queer but this was sort of just to sort of emphasize the whole point um because I think there's a lot of pressure on people to find someone um that you like be capable of of liking someone and then you know get in a relationship with them move in with them uh get married have kids all these things there's so much fucking pressure and it's stupid and it's unhelpful because whatever you want to do that's fine and in your time do it at your pace and fuck what everyone else does um because because the thing is how how do you expect if you have a queer person a queer kid growing up getting more and more traumatized because they are being told perhaps by family members or friends or people in school or just around like the society or everything at once being told that how they are or who they are capable of loving is incorrect and perhaps it can even go further than that and you can be told that you're going to hell if you're gay or you aren't uh you're a freak if you're trans or whatever all these bullshit homophobic transphobic things like 
how can you expect a human being growing up with that to then also be able to follow along their peers that don't go through that because they are straight you know or they're cis and so yeah to every queer person out there i love you and you're doing it things are happening exactly when they're supposed to be happening and only do things when you're ready and obviously sometimes you got to push yourself but do it with care and do it with the intention of of living your new sculptured molded queer future rather than trying to fit in to the future that you have been sold all your life that you don't fit into as is because that future was made for well let's be honest it was made for for cisgendered straight white people (laughs) you know and who are wealthy as well and we don't all fall into under those categories and that is fucking fine and I wish that we lived in a world that was better and more progressive than it is. But here we are. And I can only obviously do so much. And I don't know. I just... Maybe this can help. Maybe it can't. But it was nice for me to talk about. And I hope that it was nice for you to listen to. And until next time, take care of yourself. Remember to listen to your emotions, figure out what needs you have, and um, and do your best to have those needs met, and yeah, stay awesome, bye!